Hey everyone, welcome again to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location in Belmont, Massachusetts. My name is Brian, I pastor that location, and it's good to talk to you again. If you knew you only had a few moments left on this earth, what would you do? How would you spend them? Well, in our journey through the Gospel of John, we are getting to the point where Jesus knows he only has a few moments left on this earth. And today we're going to take a look at one big event that happens in Jesus' last few moments with his disciples. And we're going to talk about what it means for us. This sermon is preached by Thomas Vanderland, who's an important part of the Mount Hope Belmont community. So I hope you enjoy this, and I hope you listen closely, because I believe that God has something that he'd like to say to you. So, if you're like me, sometimes you're on Facebook, and sometimes... You see things people post, and one of the things we can all expect coming early September is people to post pictures of their children for the first day of school, like the one on the, uh, on the right there. That, I didn't take that off the line without permission. That was, a, that was like a, a prince or something like that. I didn't want to take any pictures that I didn't have permission to post, so, so that's okay. Um, but the thing about the first day of school is... When you're a parent and you're looking at the first day of school, it looks a little different because you're starting to ask the question of, have I prepared my child well for this? Do they have all the school supplies right? But also, what are they going to be like when I'm not around, when I'm not there? What What am I leaving them with so that they're prepared for this time without me? So... That's, that's something that we, we think about. We think about that as we, again, as we approach the beginning of the, the school year, is what is the legacy that we, we are leaving our kids with? What are they going to be like again when we are not there? Maybe you don't have kids, and for me, the first day of school is thankfully a, a little while away, though I look at it eventually, and Frederick and Eleanor, I may eventually take some pictures of them like that on their first day. But... This is also a question we start to ask when we know we're going to be away from work for a while. When we know, hey, I'm going to be on leave. What do the people around me need from me now that I can give them before I go so they're not left unequipped, ready, or we want them to be ready for our absence. And it gets even more significant when we, we contemplate our own, our own mortality, in a sense, and say, okay, I'm not going to live forever. What am I leaving the people around me with? What, do, what can I give them so that after I'm gone, they're in a better, a better situation? And that is exactly what we're looking at when we look at the passage of John 13. Jesus is... Um, actually, if you just skip to the passage, we'll go, we'll go right in. So if you open your Bibles to John 13, it's in the New Testament. It's the uh, fourth gospel. I don't have the page number, but there are, you can either use your smartphone or there are Bibles in, in the seats in front of you. So Jesus is, again, he's thinking about after he's gone, what's going to happen. And it starts out like this. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So that's John sharing. Jesus knows his time is almost, almost ready to go. He's about approximately 18 or 
or maybe 16 hours from when he's going to be publicly executed, when he's going to be leaving, and when he's not going to be there for them in the same way. And so he's, he's looking at that, and also it says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So he knows he's going to go, and he's doing everything he can to be loving to them before he goes. He's trying to leave them in a, in a good situation. And he goes on in verse 2, it says, During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. So, Jesus, not only is he, he anticipating the end, he's, he, he's aware also that, uh, that he's going to be betrayed, even by somebody in the room that is with him there at that time. And he's still loving to the people there. And then in verse 3, it says again, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, I almost passed over that verse really quickly when we were reading this. But that verse says that Jesus had all the power and responsibility in the world. God has given him everything into his hands. What is he going to do? What is he going to do with all the, essentially all the power and responsibility in the world as he loves them? And the last part is, he had come from God and he was going back to God. So he knew what his foundation was. His foundation was in his relationship with God, in, in God being his source, and also God being his direction. That's where he's going back to. So that's what Jesus was, was looking at at that time. And it's interesting for me to read this because we, we look at it and we say, okay, this is a huge buildup. This is... This is a setup for something that's going to be really significant. And by this time in the gospel, we're wondering, okay, what, what is Jesus going to do? What is Jesus going to do in this moment? Is he, is he going to be uh, doing the water into wine, an amazing miracle? Or, or is, he going to be, is, he going to be, is he going to be healing somebody? Is he going to make somebody who's blind see? Or is he going to make somebody be able to walk for the first time that has never been able to walk? Is he, is he gonna, is he gonna raise the dead, or is he gonna feed five thousand people? Is this a setup for something, something huge and miraculous, or is he gonna go into the, go into the temple and, and tell, tell the money changers, this is, this is not the way things are meant to be. This is the way my, my temple is not meant to be like this. It's a really big buildup that that John has here, and he's really, he's pushing, he's saying, this is really significant, what Jesus is about to do. Really pay attention, this is his, he loves these people, he's about to go, he's giving them what he's got, he's got all the power and responsibility in the world. And then he washes their feet. That's it, (laughs) he washes their feet. So let me get to this next part of the passage. He says, he rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So that was all that buildup is for washing feet. And we can be really thankful that Peter is, uh, is there because I think he starts to ask the questions that, that we would have in that moment when we're saying, 
Jesus is set up a moment that's really significant here. And Simon Peter says, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I'm doing, you do not understand, but afterward, you will understand. So, so Peter's really confused. He's like, what are you, what are you about to do? What, what's going on here? And the reason that Peter is so confused is because you've got to think a little bit about foot washing. The people in this time were not walking up and down Trapello Road in their clean shoes and, and clean socks. Uh, they were walking down roads that didn't have the same sanitation as we do now, uh, or, and, and they were walking in sandals. So their feet would get really, really dirty. And the other thing is, they would also be in a situation where the only person that would wash somebody's feet when they came to a house would be the servant. The servant would be the only one there that would, that would wash your feet. Otherwise, it was, it was probably not going to happen or you're going to have to do it on your own. So Peter is really confused. And Jesus says, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward, you will understand. So he's saying, look, stick with me, Peter, on this one. Let's, it's going to be important. I'm going to make it clear. It's going to make sense. Just go with me on this. And Peter says to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Peter is essentially saying, Jesus, this is beneath you. This isn't this isn't what you're meant to do. This isn't what you're, you're here for. This, you're the Messiah. You're the one sent by God. You're, you're supposed to be our king. You're supposed to bring in the new kingdom. You're supposed to show us what, what life is meant to be. And it's beneath you to wash feet. This is not your position. This is not what you're called to do. And Jesus responds to him. He says, If you do not, or if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And Simon, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also the hand also my hands and my head. And and when Peter's saying that, he's saying, Okay, look, I don't get it, but I know it's important to you. I know you're you're saying if I'm going to be included with you, I've got to be part of it. So, okay, okay, let's go for it. Let's, my hands and my head, let's wash everything. Let's, let's, really, let's really see me be part of this. I want to be part of what you're doing, Jesus. I may not get it. I'm with you, though. I'm 100% in. I'm, I'm just going. And so Jesus responds to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet. And he's saying, Peter, you only really have one need here. You're, you, don't, you don't need me to, to wash your hands and your head. Jesus' love is extremely practical. He knows what Peter needs. He knows that he's been walking around, they've all been walking around, their feet are dirty. And his love is incredibly practical. So he's saying, I'm not about just doing everything and I'm about meeting the need you really have. I'm connected to who you are and where you are, and I love you, and that's, that's what I'm doing here. 
And so, when Peter, Peter goes on to let him wash his feet. And it's, it's also important to think in this moment, it would be an incredibly, incredibly humble act again. To, this, is, this is for somebody of a, a much... Uh, a much, a much lower position. He's, he's being humble by by adding by doing this for Peter, and Peter is in an in a somewhat compromised spot because he's having to receive this. It's a little it's a little strange to receive this from the person that he's he's been calling Lord. He's been following, and it's really intimate, and it's an act that is that is incredibly vulnerable. And out of that, Jesus is building an amazing relationship between himself and the disciples. He's taking things so much deeper and so much further than it's ever gone before. So as we move on to verse 10, Jesus said, okay, he says, except for um, the one who has but, or the one who has Bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew he was to be who was to betray him. That was why he said, "You are not all clean." And it's important to note here that Jesus, fully aware that Judas was there, fully aware that Judas was going to betray him, still washed Judas's feet, still washed everyone's feet. He didn't withhold just because somebody was not going to follow him. He, he loved and included somebody who would reject him. And so again, right now in this passage, we're still in this tension of saying, what's the, what's the significance? What's, what's this whole foot washing thing mean? And, and Peter, or and Jesus was saying, this is, this is really... He already built to say that you're going to understand this. And he says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done for you or what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is no great, not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So when we started this passage, we were in a situation of saying, what, what is the real significance here? And what Jesus is saying is, I want you to be able to do what I'm doing here. I don't see this as beneath me. I don't see giving the love that people need where they are as beneath me. And I'm going to apologize in advance for the next slide because it contains a, uh, a terrible pun. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and put that up. It says, hey, Peter, how do you measure a ruler? I don't know, Jesus. How do you measure a ruler? By the foot. 
Yeah, it's painful, it's bad, but hopefully it's memorable, and hopefully that's something you take with you. Hopefully, when you consider what really makes a ruler, what really builds Jesus' legacy, what Jesus was really willing to do, and how far he was willing to bow, and how deep he was willing to go to connect with the people around him, that's the image. That willingness to serve, that willingness to connect, that willingness to not see something as beneath him that was truly important in somebody else's life. That's, that's what Jesus was, was doing in that moment. And again, I hope you take that with you. <laughs> when we think about it, we think about how significant this stuff is going to be for, for our lives. How significant was it that Jesus did this act? What is Jesus' legacy? What is he doing? What is he producing in the world? How significant was washing the disciples' feet in his model of love in this world? And we're going to have to skip forward about 1,800 years to a guy named Napoleon, and, uh, and he's going to give us an answer that we might not expect. So if you want to show that next slide, this is something Napoleon said. He said, I know men, and I tell you, Jesus Christ was not a man. Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and myself founded empires. But on what did we rest the creation of our genius? Upon sheer force, Jesus Christ Sorry, I read it over here. <laughs> Jesus Christ alone founded his empire upon love, and at this time, millions of men will die for him. And so when we ask the question of what is, what is the significance of this? What is the significance of Jesus washing feet? Jesus showed a love that transformed the world to the point where during Napoleon's life, Napoleon didn't say, like, I'm going to rule this way, I'm going to love the same way Jesus did, but he said, I don't really get it, but, but Jesus was not like us. Jesus did something that we do not do. Jesus is something we did not embrace. And it's affected the lives of millions. Millions of people are, are part of this. Millions of people have said, I want to be part. I want to be part of what you're doing, Jesus. And so we don't always think of, we don't always think of this stuff as powerful. Let me, if you want to go next to Jesus' legacy. When we ask what really made it so significant, what made it so significant that Jesus was willing to wash people's feet? Jesus was motivated by love. This was an action done out of love, after saying, I care for you, I care for what you need, I want to be there for you in that, so that, so that you, can, you can be ready, and also so that you can do the same thing for others. Jesus wanted this to continue on through his disciples, and again, it has. It has. When Napoleon says a million years later, or not a million years later, <laughs> when he says 1,800 years later, that millions of people are willing to die for Jesus because of this love, that's a legacy that nobody anticipated. And that's a legacy of love. And it's a powerful legacy and it's because Jesus had power and responsibility in that moment. He saw those disciples and he said, what are you guys going to need? What do you need when I'm gone? And it was washing feet. And that is not what I would have come up with. 
but it transformed their lives and it transforms our lives still today. All the way through Napoleon, all the way to Mount Hope and Belmont now. When you look around and you see the people that are here, I look around and I see people that have been there for me in challenging times. I see people that, that when my father was uh, going for surgery, were there to pray for him. And I see people that when our son Frederick was born, wanted to bring us food and care for us and, and be with us in that. They, they were willing to serve in, in ways that I would not have expected and serve like Jesus does and to love like Jesus does. And it's, it's impacted my life. And I think, I mean, I look around this building too. I see a clean building. I see a building with, with beautiful flowers out front. And I, see, I know that after service, here's a little plug, after service, there's going to be food in the back because people have been amazing at making this a warm and welcoming place because they love Jesus and they want to welcome you into that. And I know my kids are downstairs being loved and cared for by people who have picked out an amazing curriculum and committed the time to prepare and be with them and love them. And that's a huge witness to, to Jesus' legacy. That's part of Jesus' legacy today. It goes well beyond these walls, but I see it obviously and definitely within these walls. And I'm so thankful for that. And we could skip over this last one, but we, we do so kind of at our peril. Oh, skip back, sorry. Uh, this last one is Jesus knows he is coming from and going to God. Jesus has a direction in his life, and he has a hope in his life because he knows where he's going. He's, he knows he's coming from God, and he's, he's living out of that. That's his source. That's his strength. That's his power. That's, that's why he's, he's living this legacy. That's his origin. And then he's going to God. So ultimately, that's, that's where he's headed. He's headed to be with God. And, and I think sometimes we can miss how significant that is because when you know where you're going, it's a lot easier to do the things that are going to get you there, that are going to be significant, that are, that are in line with the path that you're on. That makes it so, there's a, a pastor who I know who uh, said, what's God's will when the toilet breaks? <laughs> and the will, God's will is somebody fixes the toilet. And, and fixing a toilet is a lot easier when you see it as part of what God has thought of as an important thing that needs to get done, that builds and grows who we are. And when we think of it as this is part of God's legacy, all these, all these acts of love, all these acts of service, they're part of God's legacy. They're part of what God has called us into, and they're part of what God did first. And so if you want to go to this last slide. Jesus' loving service to us. That's what the washing of the feet was. It was Jesus' loving service to us. And I think this connects with us in three different ways now, depending on where you are. Now, if you... What, the passage, sorry, the passage that really makes this clear. 
is when Jesus says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And when it talks about knowing these things, Jesus is saying, if you know me, if you know what I'm doing, if you know what I've invited you into, if you know this legacy, if you know that I've cared for you and loved you, if you know all these things, then it's an invitation. If you've experienced this love, it's an invitation to be part of this love and to love others the same way to continue on this love, to be part of this legacy. Now, we, we oftentimes will think about what legacy, what's our legacy? And that question is, what, is, what are we doing for the, the people around us so that the world, can be, the world can be better? The world can be changed, the world can know this love of God. And Jesus gives us an invitation to that legacy of, of millions of people whose lives have been transformed because Jesus would love and serve them. So, if you're thinking about, if, you've, if, you've, if you're saying you know Jesus a little bit more today, if, you, if you've thought about Jesus, if you're, if you're in a place where you're saying, I, don't, I, I haven't really committed my life yet to Christ, but if you're looking at that and you're saying, this is a legacy that I could be part of because that's what Jesus invites us to. That's something that I want you to be able to, to really have a moment with God and speak with God on. And the next one is, it's an affirmation of our participation. When we are, when we are loving people, sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we get exhausted. And sometimes... We, we start to, to waver. But what Jesus does in this passage is says, it is worth me doing this. I, God does not see this as beneath him. He says, I will do this. It is not beneath me. I want to show you that it's important to me. So when you are thinking, am I going to continue on? Am I going to keep on going? Jesus is affirming you and saying, keep on going. I'm with you. What you're doing is significant and worthwhile and has eternal eternal repercussions in terms of a legacy that will last forever. And lastly, Jesus presents an opportunity when he, when he kind of says, if you know these things that I'm saying, blessed are you if you do them. He's saying, there's an opportunity for you to be doing these things that I've called you to. There's an opportunity for you when you see a person around you that that's, has some need that's very obvious to you that you can actually step out and do that. So those are kind of the three things. You may be dealing with all of those. You may be dealing with just one of those. But I want to take a minute of just silence to have a moment with God and respond in one of those areas. If you're, if you're thinking about the invitation, I encourage you to, to respond by, by committing to follow Jesus. And if you do that, I, I would encourage you also, we don't want you to be alone in that. So talk to Justin, talk to Pastor Brian, or you can talk to me too. But if you're looking at this legacy, if you see this as something that you know you're invited to by God and you could be part of and you want to respond to that, you can do that in this time. If you want to have some, if you're if you're on that on the cusp of wavering and saying, I don't know where I'm going to go, I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue on in, in loving people. Please receive this affirmation from God in this time. 
And if you're thinking, how could I grow more? What's the opportunity Christ has presented to me here? I encourage you to ask God in this time. So I'm just going to give a minute of silence. And depending on where you are, I, I'm going to pray that, that God will, uh, will speak to you in that. And I think he will. Lord, thank you so much for this time. I pray that you'd speak to us where we are. Through your invitation, through your affirmation, and through the opportunity you provide. So a minute is not the longest time in the world, but it's enough to start something and enough to have God initiate something in your heart. I, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up now. I pray also that as we, as we go through this week, we'll, we'll be continuing to look at God as the one who's willing to wash our feet and invite us into that. And that, that now we can, we can all join together and worship that same God. Hey, thanks again for listening to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location. At Mount Hope, we gather in Belmont every Sunday at 10 a.m. and in Burlington at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Each week that we gather, we do so to learn more about God, grow in our love of Him and others, and then we go to live lives driven by faith. If you live in the Burlington or Belmont, Massachusetts areas, we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday. You can learn more about us by visiting our website at mounthope.org, M-O-U-N-T-H-O-P-E dot O-R-G, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at mthopebelmont. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to having you listen again next week.